work being this good. Hello. Yo, Phil. Is it possible the two youths? The, the two what? Did you say youths? Yeah, two youths. What is a youth? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Lefty and the Wolf, episode number 16. Here we are, sweet 16. I am Lefty, and as always, I am here with the Wolf. I'm from New York and never was a fan of the Knicks. Is it really only episode 16? That can't be right. I feel like we've got, I feel like we're in like the 50s by this point. Definitely not, Wolf. Feel not like sure if the though? show's going to make it into the 50s. I don't know. I feel like we've been, we've been at this for like 10 years now or something. She's taken over my damn life. But anyway, uh, I'm going to start the show off today uh, on a little bit of a sadder note. Uh, somebody, somebody very dear and very close to me has just recently passed away. Good, good friend Chewy. If you're out there, we love you, man. Kind, generous, yet tough as nails soul. And we're all going to miss him a lot. I'll tell a quick, quick little story about the first time I met Chewy. And he was wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat and a Dallas Cowboys shirt. So, of course, he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan. I was like, man, you into basketball? And he said, it's okay. And I said, what's your favorite team? And he looked at me for a second, and he goes, what's the team from Dallas? And I said, the Mavericks? And he said, they wear blue? And I said, they do. And he said, the Mavericks. And that was it. That's my story. Joey, we love you, man. And now, back to basketball. Lefty, how you doing, sir? Wolf, I am doing, uh, I'm actually doing pretty good. My team's on a six-game winning streak. Who's your team again? Well, uh, James Harden and the Houston Rockets are my team. Is that is that their name now? James Harden yeah, and the Houston, the Houston Rockets? Houston Harden, yes, sir. It's like, uh, it's like a band that's like, you know, like the guy's name and the something. What's like an example of that? Uh, like Bruce Springsteen in the East Street Band, yeah, oh, I, I, something like that. That's probably fair to say. Yeah, yeah. so it's James James Harden and the Rockets. Well, before before we talk too much Rockets, uh, we are a podcast, and you people are listening to us on probably the internet and uh, whatever platform uh, your choice is to listen to us. Go ahead and give us a, a review or a share. Or whatever options they got on there, I'm not even really too sure. But spread it around and tell your friends. Lefty and the Wolf, AOL.com. Wolf, obviously, that's not our email address. Uh, you can reach us always at Lefty and the Wolf at PBS.org. That's right. Yes, you can. So uh, let's get into a little bit of basketball. We've got a couple of things on our plate for today, I believe. Wolf, uh, what is on the menu for today? Well, for our appetizer today, we're going to talk about. Uh, the first 10 games of the NBA season and what we've noticed, what our takeaway is, uh, what we found surprising, and just general thoughts. So, Lefty, 10 games in, I know your Rockets are on a bit of a roll. Um, they're not the only ones. Uh, a lot of surprises, um, a lot of unexpected storylines so far this season. Uh, what's what's on your mind after 10 games? Well, I'm, I'm not going to mention the Rockets because, to be honest, I wasn't shocked. That's about what I expected. Um, a little shocked they didn't win every single game. That's 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 my shock. But uh, I think I definitely was surprised by the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics. Uh, 
I wasn't I wasn't going to be so quick to bring it up, but uh, I think I called that one. Well, you called them being being a good team. I I, I wasn't expecting them to be like um, as good as they've been. I didn't think Kemba would fit in that easily. I, I didn't think he was going to be as good as what Kyrie was doing. But I think there's probably a lot of chemistry issues that have been resolved since the departure of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it was a rough year last year for everybody. But um, I think what, one of the most surprising things about the Celtics to me so far this year has been the re-emergence of Gordon Hayward. He has been spectacular. I think Gordon Hayward just got injured. He did. Uh, yeah, I heard about it. It's pretty sad. But, I mean, luckily it's not it's not that long of an injury. What is it? I think four to six weeks, something like that. Uh, it's not a serious injury. Uh, let's just hope that he, when he does come back that... He keeps his momentum and that he plays with the same confidence and determination that he's been playing with because he really has been a force so far this season for the Celtics. Well, yeah, I know the injury is not as serious as um, that catastrophic one he suffered a couple of years ago. Let's hope it doesn't take him as long to recuperate into a max player like Jimmy Butler again. I don't know about max player. And I don't know about Jimmy Butler. Well, he's he's getting paid like a max player, just like Jimmy Butler is getting paid like a max player. Is Hayward making max player money? Hayward is making max player money. Yeah, everybody gets max player money now. Well, that's what you got to do to take him away from Utah, from the Utah Jazz, who yeah, are willing to give him even guess more. So money. I can't believe some of the people that are getting max salaries. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You can afford a couple max salaries on your teams. You might as well use them on good players. Just because you don't think more than five guys should be max players doesn't mean that there's at least 30 max players. Oh, I've definitely got more than five, but I mean, like, these guys are not are probably not top 20. You realize there is a thing called the Supermax now, Wolf. I do, and that that's reserved for, like, probably top 10 guys. Yes, and I would say that's probably not Jimmy Butler or Gordon Hayward. That's what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, those are Supermax players, not max players, though. Big difference. <sighs> Supermax players Agree are rewarded for the loyalty of the team. They get paid even more money because they've been on the same team for a number of years. Yeah, I still I still find it hard to swallow certain players being max players, though. How do you feel about like every player today making like more money than Reggie Miller ever did? Is that um, a good feeling? I think that it makes sense because... Because um, Reggie wasn't as good as anybody is today. No, that's ridiculous. Agreed. No, no. Well, I mean, hundred percent agree with you. Well, Wolf. let me let me touch the actual point, and then I could and then I could defend my guy Reggie. But the There's NBA no need to defend Reggie. The NBA and all the NBA teams make a lot of fucking money. Now we're talking huge money here, and it's because of the players. So people are like, "Ooh, these guys get paid millions of dollars." Yeah, they do get paid millions of dollars, but you know what? They're generating billions of dollars for the owners. So yeah, I think they do deserve that money. But you just told me Jimmy Butler's not a max player. No, no, he's not. You a don't max. think Jimmy Butler deserves max money? I don't think he deserves max money because to call someone a max player, saying they're like a top guy in the league, I don't think on my I thought team. We've established those were super max players, Wolf. I think that there is a higher tier called Supermax, and that's like that's top five, top ten at best to me. But everyone's not going to be able to get a top ten player, and everyone's not going to be able to get True. a Supermax player. I guess when I say that, when I say that someone like Jimmy Butler is not a max player, 
I guess what I really mean is if that I had a team, I wouldn't want him to be one of my max players. If I'm going to have a max player, I would be hoping for somebody superior to Jimmy Butler. Everyone hopes for an MVP guy on their team. It's understandable. That's not Jimmy. I don't think it's Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy's kind of a dick. I like Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's competitive. You got to give him that. I don't think he's uh, like a dick more so than like Joel Embiid is a dick. Joel Embiid is a dick too, but no, because Joel Embiid is at least funny about it. Jimmy, there ain't nothing funny about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's had a tough life, man. I don't, I don't know too much about his background, but um, I know that the way that he treated Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins was dirty, man. That was dirty. You don't publicly humiliate your teammates like that. That shit ain't right. Well, speaking of Andrew Wiggins, he seems like he's turned it up a notch this season. Now that's a takeaway after 10 games. Andrew Wiggins is playing like everyone initially thought he should be playing like. I mean, the guy was a first overall pick. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was I, supposed to be the savior of Cleveland after LeBron left. I remember the Michael Jordan comparisons, and he never really lived up to it. He kind of had a reputation for being like a little bit of a slacker, not a hard worker. But you know what? A lot of that reputation was because of your guy, Jimmy Butler. But um, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, that is a good... And the Timberwolves in general, Carl Anthony Towns as well, has been having a pretty incredible season. You know, besides just that scuffle with Joel Embiid that I still think Carl would have won if he didn't get jumped and double teamed by Ben Simmons. Carl Anthony Towns knows who he is. He knows who he's always been. Yeah. He's just like such like a such like a Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid stan. Well, Jimmy Butler's team is uh, looking pretty good this season as well. I mean, I know he's not a max player in your opinion, but... Uh... He's he's performing like a max player, at least in the the wins column. He's pretty good. I don't think he's a bad player. And I mean, yeah, as soon as I heard he was going to Miami, I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like a good spot for Jimmy Butler, actually. Get down there with Pat Riley. But uh, they're not the only team that's been doing surprisingly well. Uh, how about in the Western Conference? You got the Phoenix Suns. Surprising everybody. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns um, overachieving early on in the season. I think they're probably going to be one of those teams that's still out of the playoffs when the season's over, though. You know what? I'm actually not so sure about that. I think the Suns might be more for real than people think. And I've been kind of seeing this coming for like two seasons now. Like the Suns have some pretty good personnel and they added a couple of role players now that seem to be like really good fits for this team. You know, Rubio and Baines have been doing really, really well for them. And sometimes you just get the right player who might not be the most spectacular player, but he's the right fit for the right team. And Devin Booker is obviously a standout. I think the Suns might be a playoff team. Like over who? Over what team? I don't think they're going to be well, the Warri- anybody. The Warriors are out of the picture, right? Yeah, but the Clippers and the Lakers are both in the picture, right? Clippers and Lakers are both absolutely making the playoffs. You know who might not make the playoffs? The Portland Trailblazers. I think Portland's just starting a little slow right now. I think they're probably going to make the playoffs. And I don't think there's room for Phoenix to make the playoffs right now. I mean, 
look who's ahead of them and look who's below them. I think there's teams below them right now in the standings that have a better chance of making the playoffs than Phoenix does. You're telling me that you think Phoenix has a better chance of making the playoffs than, than Memphis, San Antonio, or OKC has? Well, San Antonio's always got a chance. And then Zion Williamson hasn't even played a game yet for New Orleans, and they're sitting at a losing record right now. Right. No, I understand. There's a, you're basically saying the West is deep as fuck, and it is. And I just think that Phoenix, I've, I've thought that Phoenix is a very promising team, and I think that they do have a better chance than New Orleans. I think they have a better chance than Memphis. I think they have a better chance than OKC. And the way things have been going so far, I think they have a better chance than Portland to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a sure thing. I'm not even saying they're probably going to make the playoffs, but I think that they're I think they're actually in the mix. Well, everyone's in the mix, Wolf. I mean, if you play in the NBA, you're in the mix to make the playoffs. You know what I mean, wise guy. I don't think they I don't think they got a chance to make the playoffs. Well, you're just not a believer in the Devin Book Devin Booker Ricky Rubio combo, I suppose. I don't think yeah, I think I'm a believer in Devin Booker as a scorer. I think he's a he's a good scorer. But I don't think he's like an efficient enough guy to, to keep it going. So you don't think he could be the best player on a Western Conference playoff team? Yeah, I do. Of course, I do. I, I just don't think it's going to happen this year. See, I think I think this year is very different because, like what, like I was saying, some of the role players they brought in seem like they're really good fits, and I think Phoenix is going to surprise you. I think they're going to maybe not keep up this pace, but I think they're going to close to keep up this pace. And I think they're going to give themselves a good shot at making the playoffs. I think we'll be seeing the Phoenix Suns in the lottery uh, for another year. But you you brought up the Portland Trailblazers, Wolf. Uh, let's yes, let's let's bring it around to the main course of the show. Let's talk about the news of uh, the Portland Trailblazers signing dun, 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 dun. future Hall of Famer Carmelo Anthony to a one year non guaranteed contract. That's right. I love it. I love seeing Carmelo finally get another shot. I think he I think to say he deserves it is an understatement. I think that Carmelo is an all-time great. I think that Carmelo can easily still be a big contributor on a successful NBA team. I find it funny that like any team who who has been linked to a Carmelo Anthony trade in the past, you know, has has gotten a chance at Carmelo in his career now. Like, it seems like Houston and the Blazers have always kind of been chasing after Carmelo. Like, multiple times throughout his entire career, they have tried to either trade for him or sign him in free agency. The Rockets were able to get him last season. We all know how that turned out. Not very good for either team or for either party on that. I think the Portland Trailblazers might be a better fit, though. They, they play a different style of basketball than the Rockets do, and I don't think Carmelo meshed very well with the Rockets' style. I definitely have got some hope for Carmelo's fit in Portland. I thought that the Rockets did him dirty, man. I thought that that was... I thought they scapegoated him and that it wasn't his fault. It's, it's business, man. Yeah, it's business, but, um, I mean... They were just sa- they were just saving face at that point. The Rockets had a really bad start last season, and they tried to like pawn off the blame on Carmelo when it didn't even really make any sense. But I do think that you're right. I think that he's not the best fit for the Rockets system. Um, I think that 
I have a lot of hope for what's going to happen with him in Portland. I kind of can't believe it took this long for somebody to sign him. Like he's still Carmelo Anthony, right? Is his like new reputation, like, you know, really that much of a deterrent to these GMs? I mean, to be fair, I, I expected it to take longer for him to be on an NBA team this year. I thought he'd be on a team closer to the playoffs, you know, like I thought he'd be like a somewhere around the all-star break kind of addition to a team. I was scared that he was done. I was like, the season is starting and Carmelo doesn't have a job. Like, this is Carmelo Anthony. I thought he was blackballed. I'm going to go go ahead and say it flat out. I thought that the league had gotten together and said, we're not fucking with Carmelo Anthony anymore. He's too political. He's too outspoken. And he's got links to the 5% nation. And we're not trying to fuck with that. That's what I thought was going on. Yeah, I don't think that's that was what was going on. But um, it might have been a little bit for certain teams. I don't think anybody cares about that. I mean, I think that the Rocket side of it, OKC side of this, OKC especially, I feel like Oklahoma. Come on now. Well, if, don't if forget there was anything in the conversation about his like his past, then nobody in Oklahoma would have signed him. You gotta well, be kidding me! Don't forget that the Thunder used to be the Sonics. Seattle is a pretty progressive place. Yeah, but it's owned by like a fucking Oklahoma oil tycoon. Yeah, that's why they what took it, it away. Seattle. That's why they took it from Seattle, isn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah. why are you bringing in Seattle besides fuck, the lineage of the team? Fuck the Oklahoma City Thunder and their ownership group. But, um, yeah. Why know, do you hate on the Thunder though? Because they ripped that team from Seattle, and they're like it's not some the team's fault. No, no, no. I'm talking about the ownership group. No, not it's not the team's well, fault. Well, you said the team, though. You didn't say just the ownership group. You said the ownership group secondary to that's, the team. <laughs> that's reasonable. I guess I just I don't I don't care about the Thunder one way or the other. I would like to go to a Thunder game one day, though. Actually, well, yeah. Well, if we we should go to a Thunder game one day and report. It seems it seems like it would be a really fun game to go to. Like Oklahoma City is a super fun city. They've got a good atmosphere for for basketball. That's that's what it seems to be, and I, I I don't doubt it. I don't doubt. it. I remember my first time in Oklahoma City, walking around the downtown area, and they got a I guess it's a minor league baseball stadium, and like all the streets are made of brick, and there's like a lot of bars and restaurants, people playing music on the street. That city just feels really really good, and I imagine that would carry over into an NBA arena. Well, if you've ever seen a, a game and. On TV of the OKC crowd, they're they're definitely one of the loudest. Yeah, they compare it to more like a college crowd than an NBA crowd. Well, I think that's just cool. because they don't have any professional sports teams besides the Thunder is, is why they say that. Because they kind of are a college crowd. Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty cool. Can't hate on that. But yeah, I mean, back to Carmelo um, getting blackballed for being outspoken about Black Lives Matter. Do you remember that? It was about maybe two, three years ago. He was. Uh, I think he's been on two or three teams since then. Yes, it was when he was I don't on know the. If he's been blackballed. It was when he was on the Knicks, and he was talking about, um, you know, he was. I think he. I think he voluntarily wanted to be gone from the Knicks. Well, yeah, I remember that. So, 
So I don't think he was necessarily blackballed if that's where it all started. He's been on no, multiple he wasn't. teams. <laughs> ultimately, he's not being blackballed. So ultimately, let's, he probably let's move wasn't. On from the blackball discussion. <laughs> but is it a reasonable thought when he wasn't getting a job anywhere? No, I don't Those think it reason- is. I think it's more reasonable that he's not necessarily the type of player. And I think there's a lot of like wing guys in the NBA right now, especially young wing guys that have more potential. You think if like the fucking Toronto Raptors would have signed Carmelo Anthony last year, that Pascal Siakam right. would be an MVP candidate this year? I don't look, think so. Look, I'm not saying that there's not better players at his position, but there's 30 teams in the NBA. You're telling me Carmelo Anthony's not good enough to get a job? No, I think Carmelo Anthony is good enough to get a job, but is is the role that he wants like a guy who's not going to play very much minutes? I don't think I don't think so. I think that, he wants to be a starter on a team, and I don't think he's a starter on any, anybody's team That right definitely now. Me, seems to be part of the problem. It definitely was in Oklahoma City. Like We all remember that press conference where he was like, you hear that? They want me to come off the bench. But then when he came to Houston... He seemed like he was ready to play a smaller role and come off the bench and everything. I think whenever he was here, though, it seemed like if he was going to play a role off the bench, it was going to be kind of like a six-man kind of role. But the Rockets already had six-man. They already had a seventh-man. They already had an eighth-man. There wasn't really really enough room for Carmelo. The Rockets were probably too deep of a team for him to like have that big of a role. And it seemed like he was kind of willing to play that small role. But he had a really difficult time actually translating that into reality and actually taking that step back. And now, now here, here's about to come into Portland where, you know, what's going to happen in Portland? Is he going to have to play that smaller role or is he going to have a bigger role to play in Portland? I think his role in Portland will be bigger than it was here in Houston. I think, I think he's going to be kind of like, I think he'll be like a three-four guy for him. Like he'll probably he'll, be, he'll, he'll probably be the third. He'll probably three. He'll probably be a third option. I don't think he'll be the third option. No, no. I think he will be. Because I mean, if Carmelo Anthony's not scoring for you, like, what's the point of having him on your team? It's what he does. He's going to be like a fifth option, probably. The ball's not going to be running. Well, obviously, near you him. got Lillard and McCollum. And then, I mean, after that, I think Carmelo, he's still, he's still going to be, he could still be an elite scorer in the league. I'd say easily. In this league? Yes. No chance. He could still be an elite scorer. Not when elite scoring is 38 points a game. There's no, there's no chance Carmelo's going to I didn't say he would be the number one. Well, that's elite scoring though. What do you define as elite? Anything over 20? Top, top 10. There's no way. I think he could be. There's, there's no way. If he was the first option on a team. Because, I mean, the reason that he's not getting jobs isn't because he can't score. It's because he can't do much of anything else. And unless he's going to start, you know, putting more effort into defense than he ever has in his career, like, he needs to score to contribute. That's what he does. He's going to be like a guy that's asked to score, like, every five games or something. He's not going to be a consistent guy. Like, he's not going to be a guy who's scoring 20 a game. No, but I think he will have moments. I'm thinking... That's what I said. He's going to be like a guy like every five games who's going to have like a little nice performance. He's going to give you like 15 points and you're going to be satisfied because that's all you really want from him. Best case scenario, I think, is like he'll be like a Dwayne Wade role. Dwayne Wade's second time back on the heat. Something like that. 
So we'll have like one game. So I, I almost think you're like you're comparing it to like Tracy McGrady on the Knicks. I'm going to bring it there. No, because Tracy McGrady is garbage. Well, Carmelo Anthony is garbage right now. If you're going to call Tracy McGrady garbage, Carmelo Anthony is garbage right now. He he was pretty bad on his past couple teams. But I'm not calling either of them garbage, but you're calling <laughs> T-Mac garbage. So, I mean, if you're calling T-Mac garbage, then I, I have to say Carmelo is garbage then. Why you got to take me calling T-Mac garbage out on Carmelo? You're mad at me. You're not mad at Carmelo. What did he do to you? Why are you mad at T-Mac? What did T-Mac do to you? I'm not mad at him. I think he's a nice guy. So why are you calling him garbage? He's just not that good. He's overrated. I think his career is better than Carmelo's. It's debatable. It is debatable. And so if you're not calling Carmelo garbage, why would you call T-Mac garbage? Because he's just not... He's overrated. And so is Carmelo. Carmelo's overrated? I would say so, yeah. And not anymore because now people, now people think he's complete trash i don't think he's complete trash anymore i think carmelo is still capable of contributing i think not only is he capable of contributing i think he's got a really great opportunity right now to prove all the haters wrong and what's he gonna have a good season he's he's gonna he's gonna be like a 15 point scorer on a team that's not gonna make the playoffs in your opinion (laughs) like what's so good about that what if he turns them around imagine i know he's not gonna score 30 a game but you never know. He's a veteran presence. He's, uh, I mean, I know. Yeah, has... I think the, I think the Blazers are going to make the playoffs. You're the one telling me they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, if you think Carmelo is the difference in between a team making the playoffs and not making the playoffs, then I feel like you're putting a little too much on Carmelo. Well, yeah, and I, 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 a, I think that that's that scenario is not impossible. I think throughout the first ten games of the season, the Blazers are not looking good. I mean, you got Damian Lillard's looking great, but it's just not translating to wins. The Rockets looked really bad for like the first fifteen games of last season and still were one game away from being the second best team in the West. It's true. Anything can happen. And I, I agree. I think that the Blazers probably are going to make the playoffs. I think they'll probably even be like a top five team. So does that mean the Phoenix Suns are out of the playoffs then? Not necessarily. Like I just said anything can happen i can't predict you know like what teams like fall off the rails throughout the season and what teams are gonna like but i asked for your prediction wolf i want you to stick by your prediction i don't want you to give me like well yeah if this team does well then they'll make the playoffs too like a prediction of of fitting the suns into playoffs i would i'd have to have it in front of me and like the blazers probably wouldn't be the team that I take out. I'd probably have the Mavericks not in there. I'd probably have the Timberwolves not in there. I'd I'd have to look at it. I'd probably have the Spurs not in there. I probably would have the Blazers in there. But I'd also, if I'm making a scenario where I'm trying to get the Suns into the playoffs, I think I could make a reasonable one. Let's let's get back to Carmelo Anthony on the team. Carmelo Anthony. Since we're going to make this about Carmelo, not about the Blazers. Credit right, to the right, Blazers right. for giving Carmelo Anthony another chance to be in the league. Yeah. I don't think the the way the Rockets did him, like, I understand it was a business decision, but I think most NBA fans want Carmelo Anthony to have kind of like a, a Dwayne Wade experience on his way out. Yeah. No, it wasn't right what the Rockets did. It really wasn't. And not even that it was a business decision. I'm fine with that aspect of it. I get that. But... They blamed their lack of success on his presence. And that's just that's just like it wasn't all about him. Last season, the Rockets were dealing with uh, like kind of a coaching limbo. Uh, Defensive coach Jeff Bizdelic, who was he was kind of always praised as like the reason the Rockets were like a 
slightly average to decent defense. I noticed his his departure for sure. He was out as well. He yeah. wasn't on the team. He temporarily retired. So I don't think it was all blamed on Carmelo, but I think Carmelo just didn't fit right away and the Rockets could see it right away. It was almost like a thing where you're you're like casually dating someone and then you're like I don't want to like make this any worse than it already is. I'll just end it now because I don't really like him, you know? I think part of it, though, was was a scapegoat situation. Like, let's just get rid of Carmelo and, like, we'll try to get it together and then we'll just, like, push this narrative that it was just because, like, Carmelo, like, wasn't a good fit that we were struggling when really it was more of, like, the whole team was struggling. I think the team was kind of struggling, though, because they were trying to involve Carmelo. See, I don't I don't buy it. I don't yeah, think... but you weren't watching games. Like, I was you watching. You didn't watch, like... I didn't watch every single Rockets game, no. Not every single not. Rockets game, but did you watch the 10 games that Carmelo Anthony played in? I probably watched, I'd say, maybe at least three or four of them. I'd say you probably watched, like, two. And the <laughs> one you watched was probably the one that his last game was, where he was, like, terrible. Like, I think Carmelo just wasn't a good fit for the Rockets. Like, he's like the the way the Rockets play, you got to switch on everything. You got to be able to, like, guard multiple positions. You got to be fairly quick. And you got to just, like, hang out in the corner. Yeah. And that's, those were all things he didn't want to do. Yeah. For him to fit in anywhere, whether it's Houston or Portland, like, he's probably going to have to knock down a decent percentage of shots. Yeah, I mean, he was getting a lot of shots on the team. He, he, he was, was. They were trying to get him going. You yeah, know? and he, he had yeah, one he good wasn't. game. I think he like. I think his game right before they let him go was a pretty good game. I think he'll have more success on this Blazers team, though, and I'm I'm happy to to watch Carmelo Anthony hopefully have a great end to his successful career. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's part of, um, you know, one of like the the more prominent stables in the modern NBA. He's part of one of the best draft classes in the history of the NBA. Yeah. Well, also that, not just that, but uh, the whole banana boat thing or whatever. Yeah. And that crew is like not looking too good. I mean, no, I mean, I think historically they are, but like, uh, I I don't think Chris Paul is going to get a ring anymore. I don't think Carmelo is going to get a ring. No, So that leaves you with two out of the four with rings. The only way either of those two guys ends up with the ring is, is if they join up together. Yeah, in their twilight years, they go to a contender and just kind of like you know try to try to kind of Carl Malone it or whatever. Nah, here's a scenario: Chris Paul, Chris Paul, in his last season, will join up with Carmelo Anthony on the newly expansion team of the Seattle SuperSonics. How's that? Now that is a take. And that's a narrative right there. That's like one of Chris Paul MVP season. That, this is one of like the best opinions I've ever heard out of you. Um, give me a nice, a nice setting with uh, Supersonics. I'll be okay. Actually, I grew up hating the Supersonics. Like I loved Sean Kemp and I loved Gary Payton. I loved like all their players. You just hated that the West had so many good teams. No, it was like the it was the Rockets like in the Charles Barkley years could not get past those SuperSonics teams. Like Charles Barkley just could not guard Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp was just like that much better at the time than Charles Barkley was. Yeah, well, he was definitely a little over the hill at that point. Yeah, Charles was pretty out of shape back then. I feel like Charles was as big as he is now back then. I think Charles was also like already like disgruntled at that point and just not, like, not at that point because that was his no, first yeah. season on the team. 
I was just, that okay. was his first season on the team whenever he actually tried. I think he averaged like 18 rebounds a game or something like that. He was just like doing what he needed to do to win. And Clyde Drexler was still on the team. So it wasn't like he was he was apathetic already. He was still trying to win a ring. So why did, why did he get so upset eventually? Well, he... He was, like, always injured the last season. I think there was, like, something about his injuries and, like, yeah, he played, like, fucking 10 games or something like that. I don't remember exactly how many games he played, but he didn't really play very much his last season. So I know that the, that relationship ended on bad terms. Well, I think I think he was just upset that we couldn't get him a ring as well. He always mm. says we owe him money, but yeah, Charles don't, Barkley's Yeah, sweet. I was about to say, don't, Charles don't Barkley the Rocket, owes everybody money. Don't Who cares? the Rockets owe him money? No, well, Rockets pay their debt. They're like Lannisters. Why they is, always pay why their debt. Why does he always say that? Chuck, come on, come on, man! You're still crying about it like 30 years later. I think I, I think if we would have got him a ring, then he would forever love the Rockets. Yeah, Kenny Smith loves the Rockets forever. You know? Ah, is that why Chuck and Kenny always be getting into it? Well, Kenny Smith chose the Rockets to win the the finals this season. Did he? He did. I did not see that. That's I, I haven't heard anybody pick the Rockets. That's what I'm saying. I think the Rockets are a sleeper to go all the way because it's definitely not impossible. I um, mean, I, I am like actually so impressed with with the way Westbrook seems to have accepted like his role on the team. You know, he's got a reputation for being like overly kind of dominant. It seems like he just wants to win right now. It seems like he just wants to win. He doesn't care how it happens. Like he doesn't care if he scores more than ten points. He just wants to win. I don't think he's going to average a triple double this year. Obviously. But he's going to be pretty damn close. He's already done it three years in a row. The only thing he needs is a championship ring. Just like James Harden only needs a championship the both ring. Both of them only need it. They're two very Mike recent Antone MVPs. Mike only needs a championship ring to be a greatest coach of all time. One of the greatest coaches. They really do. These three guys, they really, really need to make this happen. And I mean, I think it's only these two LA teams that are standing in their way, to be honest. I think they I think they can handle anyone else. But both of those LA teams I think are going to be like pretty tough playoff series. I think I like the Rockets chances more against the Lakers than I do against the Clippers. I mean, I think they're both capable of being beaten, but I think that I think I like the way the Rockets match up better against Lakers. Yeah, it's just uh I mean, the Lakers have less depth for sure. I think Capella can kind of neutralize Anthony Davis. That's not a bad I think, take. I don't I think, think LeBron that and James Harden will kind of neutralize each other. You know, like LeBron's going to score as many points as James. James is going to assist as many times as LeBron. Like it's going to be kind of equal between what they do to each other. You know, what they do for their teams to each other. It's possible. Um, I don't know if I'm buying the Capella Anthony Davis thing. So, so you're telling me a guy who's who's top five that you agree is top five James Harden, right? I definitely agree that he is top five. Yes. But LeBron James isn't top five, right? He's not even top ten in your book. Oh, he's top 10. He's top 10 in this season, but last season he wasn't, remember? Last season he was, you said he wasn't even like a top 30 player. If I said that, if I said anything over that he's not top 5, I was I was uh, being hyperbolic probably. I did say he was not a top 5 player, which was already controversial. That's still controversial to say. I would say LeBron is top 10, not top 5. Same with Anthony Davis, top 10, not top 5. James Harden's top five. Weren't you saying that they were a better duo than James Harden and Russell Westbrook, though? Yes. So two guys not top ten? They are top ten, not top five. 
Where, where is Russ? Definitely not top five. Maybe top ten. Maybe not. If he's not top ten, he's probably pretty close. Top fifteen. So wouldn't that? like the average. Well, it depends where people. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are probably better as a duo. It depends on the numbers. What if what if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are number six and seven, and what if James James is number five and Russ is number thirteen? I don't think James is number five though. I think James is like in the top three at least. Maybe let's say three. Let's say he's three, and let's give Russ like honestly. I don't think Russ is top ten. I'd say let's give Russ at best twelve. I think 12 is fair. I think 12 is fair. And for LeBron and AD, honestly, I think 6 and 7, or maybe 6 and 8, 6 and 9. LeBron is probably, he's he's not, he's not knocking on the door of top 5, but he's not top 5. So I'm going to give LeBron 6. AD, maybe maybe he, he doesn't have to be 7. AD could be like 9. So let's say LeBron 6, AD 9, Russ 12, James 3. So let's see. Let's so see what the better duo 6. is. Six point seven versus six. I'd say the Rockets are a better duo. That that's how the math 6. works. Six point five versus six. Six point five versus six. Well, three and twelve. You meet in the middle. I guess it's like yeah, no, th- no, it's like seven point something. It's tw- you gotta go up four and a half. So seven point five would be James and Russ. And then LeBron. I'll tell you why I don't think Anthony Davis is is number seven on the list. No, I made him nine. Yo, you made Anthony Davis nine. Yeah, okay, okay. LeBron well, is then, six. So six and nine. That's seven and a half. That's a tie. I didn't even do that on purpose, but that's fair. I'd I'd say that's fair as a tie. I think. I mean, in my honest opinion, not trying to be a hater or a troll, I think that AD and LeBron are a better duo. Than Russ and James. Thing is, I think the Rockets have the better overall team, but I think that LeBron and AD in a playoff series are going to be tough. How many playoff series has Anthony Davis won? I believe the answer is zero, or no, maybe one. I think he won one, right? I think he won one first round series. I'm I'm just curious. I don't I don't recall I think if he, he won, ever did. I think he won one. Like yeah, no, he doesn't have the most experience, but LeBron has all the experience you could possibly. How have. old is LeBron? LeBron's pretty. LeBron's up there. But you know what? James and Russ are not super young. I would say like the difference between James and Russ's age compared to LeBron's age is like fairly close to the difference of like James Harden to Luka Doncic. No. Or not Luka Doncic, but like, I'm trying to think of somebody who's like Joel Embiid. No. James and Russ are what? Early 30s? 31? James is like 30. I think Russ is 31. LeBron is like 36. 34. He's only 34? 35 tops. Dude, no. He was 18 in 2003. He's my age. He's not 36. He's 35 or he's 34. I just dated myself. 2003. (laughs) Promise you. He's several months younger than me. I know that for sure. So he might be 35. Because Joel is what, 25 or something? I think he's 24. Joel, really? I think so. I thought he's been playing for like six years already. Could be wrong. Well, either way. I know Joel's mid-20s, LeBron is mid-30s. We know that, right? Yeah, and, and, and 35 for LeBron. You called Chris Paul 36 too old to do anything. 
the under normal circumstances, most people the have great, a, one of the greatest point guards of all time. And a point guard is historically a position that can play fairly. Yeah, I'm not saying Chris Paul can't do anything. I thought it was detrimental that the Rockets got rid of him. I think they'd be better off with him than Russell Westbrook, to be honest. Isn't it crazy how Russell Westbrook is like having a bad season but still putting up like better stats in every category than Chris Paul? Well, like, yeah. if Chris Paul averaged 17 points a game, we'd be like, oh, shit, Chris Paul is having a great season. Yeah, but they are just they just have different styles. Like, the stat line doesn't tell the whole story. Well, yeah, and I think, like, the I think the, the defensive, like, attitude that Russell Westbrook has brought to the team is more important than what Chris Paul did. I, 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 guess I haven't watched enough Rockets I think, to like, disagree, but I disagree strongly. Chris Paul wasn't, like, a top 10 fourth quarter scorer. Russell Westbrook is. Right. Well, you said defensively. Was well, defensively quarter. too. Yeah, he's I like think, one of the best defensive rebounders for a point guard in the history of basketball. For sure, there's a lot he he's, brings to the table that Chris Paul doesn't. But the he's the, a ball. The, hawk. the reverse is also true. Chris Paul is like a locker room leader. Chris Paul is like a defensive floor general in the truest sense of the world. Chris I, Paul is like I a true Chris true. Paul, point I respect guard. Chris Paul as a player more than almost anybody. But I think there is like maybe some truth in the fact that some previous teammates of Chris Paul have had issues with the way he runs the team. Yeah. And I think one of the issues with Houston was that it was James Harden's team and slowly Chris Paul was trying to make it his team. And it's James Harden's team. I think James should have accepted the co-leadership role because James, he seems to be... I'm not sure if Chris can do that though. I'm not sure if Chris Paul can do a well, leadership role. Well, I think, oh, well, yeah, I guess I could see that. But Chris has something. James was the leader in terms of on-court performance, who's taking the last shot, like who the star of the team is. Chris Paul, you need as a leader to like motivate the team to like keep guys in I think, line when it's I think needed. I agree with you in the sense of Chris Paul is like a, a culture guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah, going to change the culture of a team. Right. But I don't think James Harden was necessarily into the culture that Chris Paul was creating. I think maybe Chris Paul is kind of creating this like kind of old school, like pro yeah. culture. And James Harden wanted to have his own thing, you know, and Russ is much closer to what James wants probably than Chris Paul could provide. Yeah, it's probably true. They, yeah, they're both like, yeah, they're both more, more kind of millennial style chris paul has got a little bit of a more gen x vibe to him but yeah i mean i guess we'll just have to see we'll have to see how the james james harden russell westbrook thing goes i think they lost a lot of uh you know defensive minded culture when they lost chris paul but um they said the same thing whenever patrick beverly was traded yeah, it, it may have been true. I and, mean, and yet the Rockets won 65 games and were hamstring away from probably winning a championship. Well, yeah, because they replaced that defensive culture guy with a new defensive culture guy. But everybody Paul. expected that Patrick Beverly's loss of defensive culture wasn't going to be the same as Chris Paul, just like you're not expecting Russell Westbrook's defensive culture to be the same as Chris Paul's. No, I don't think Russell Westbrook has that. I think Russell Westbrook's more of just like a beastly numbers, like stat patter guy. We'll see. We'll see. But I think Russ has like always been a fairly decent defender. I think Chris Paul is like maybe a better like on-ball defender than Russell is, but I think Russell is better at at like 
grabbing steals and traffic and stuff. And not to say one's better than the other. I think they're both needed. You know, I think you got to steal the ball in while a pass is happening, and you got to steal the ball whenever somebody's dribbling it. Reasonable. So I think it's safe to say that Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook are both great players. Who would you take in a fight? I'd probably take Russ, man. You would take Russ? Oh, that's perfect because I'm taking Chris Paul. Yeah, I think I take Russ just because he has the athletic ability. And athleticism is something you you can't really you can't really beat when it comes to fighting. Like you can you can use technique and you can be like a smarter fighter, but athleticism is you you can't really equal that. I mean, it's what you say is true about athleticism, but I would I would certainly take Chris Paul because Chris Paul's just got a, a seriousness to him where he's not going to allow himself to lose. And he's going to go into that fight thinking he's going to win. I th- and I you think say that- the same thing about Russ, though? I think Russ has like the exact same kind of like tenacity that Chris Paul does. They're both like very similar. I think that Russ would go at it hard and go at fast, just like he goes at the basket hard and fast all the time. And I think he would make a mistake. And I think that Chris Paul would capitalize on it. Chris Paul's. He's got old man strength. It could be a good fight. He's got old man strength and he's like, he's, he's real smart. And I just, I think I just have, I've got a, I've got a lot of faith in the ability of Chris Paul to take down whoever he needs to. You just listened to our brand new segment called, Can He Take Chris Paul? And we just realized that Russell Westbrook can not. We didn't realize that, though. Oh, I realized that. Well, yeah, but you said we, as in collectively. That wasn't true. Well, we, as in the royal we, as in me and all the other reasonably thinking people who know that Chris Paul can whoop some ass. Well, all the critical thinkers like me <laughs> will understand that. It could go either way. No let's uh, let's wrap it up like that. Critical thinkers. Let's close up the show. <laughs> uh, hit us up on the social media machine. Like us on Spotify. We're Lefty and the Wolf. Hey, Wolf, that's game. Ute. What is a Ute?